0: Hello and welcome to of the podcast. As always, I am your host Abdullah, and today I am joined by Ann Yacto. How you doing, Ann?
1: Hi, I'm good. How are you doing?
0: It's been kind of crazy. Been recording like a couple back to back episodes, and before Ooh. anyone says anything, I know I said in a previous episode I wasn't going to do another Genshin episode, but well, <laughs> times change, and like the highest rated. Like the most downloaded episode is the Kelly Baskin episode. So I'm like, well, if people want more Genshin, so give them more Genshin.
1: (laughs) No, that makes sense.
0: So you, 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 um, God, where to start? (laughs) Like it's, yeah, I, I love it when, Someone books a, a big role in a huge franchise and they just explode in popularity.
1: <laughs> the last month has been insane. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been crazy. So like, I mean, if, if it to give you just like, not that like social media is like any like true metrics, but like I went from like maybe 3,000 followers who mostly followed me for like Jujutsu Kaisen, Uh, to like, what do I have now? Like 20-something thousand followers just because of Genshin Impact, which is amazing. And everybody is is wonderful. And thank you, everybody. But like (laughs) that kind of uh, overnight uh, switch in visibility has been um, striking, to say the least. (laughs) It reminds me
0: of um, when Apex Legends was announced and like when the cast list went up Mm. every single actor on that on that game like blew up in twitter followers
1: oh totally yeah
0: but i mean it just like for all the stuff i talk about whenever i harp on social media which you know whatever uh, it it is like good for building up your brand and your fan base and Mm -hmm. you know it is part of the business that again no one likes to talk about this but it is important that especially in this day and age when you know if you want to get your name out there you need to have branding and I got to say, you have done a great job so far
1: when it comes to branding. (laughs) Thank you. You know, it took me, uh, to be honest, like it took me a long time to really like understand that. And, and part of not, you know, not knowing what power social media could have in my life was just about me kind of like being under the radar as an actor and that's fine. And I was perfectly happy with that. But once I realized, Oh, this is the power it holds. I can like really like interact with people who, you know, like my performances and want to interact with me. And I was like, Oh, let me, let me start trying to do that. And I'm I'm glad that like Jujutsu Kaisen was able to put me a little bit on the map so that I could kind of get my feet wet before any of this happened. (laughs) So that when Genshin happened, I was able to kind of like really take the bull by the horns and, you know, kind of dive in.
0: No, uh, I actually noticed you like the, the, because I'm a kind, I remember watching B Star season two. And oh, yeah. I was really shocked because you know, especially when you know the season first dropped and we didn't know who was voicing who and when ter, in terms of new characters. So <laughs> I was just trying to guess, like, is that who I think it is? Is that who I think it is? But you know, I looked up who voiced you know the two characters you voiced, and I was shocked it was like one person. I'm like, holy crap! I did not. <laughs> <laughs> that is <Thank> amazing <laughs> like thank you very cause much because they're, they're totally different uh, characters in terms of uh vocal range and spectrum and i was wondering like how did how did those two characters come about because because uh, <laughs> that must have been a fun record
1: yeah that was honestly like one of the more intimidating ones because you know i uh you know i, I was cast and they they sent me uh the script. And I was looking at it and I was like, oh, who's Six Eyes? And I I, um, admittedly still haven't gone back to read the manga, but like I've, I'd already seen season one. And I was like, who's Six Eyes? I don't remember that character in the show. Uh, and so I, I looked it up and I was like, oh, okay, this big snake. And then I was looking up who voiced uh, Six Eyes in the Japanese. And it's Gujira, who is, uh, if you watch Naruto, she's the voice of Orochimaru. <laughs> and I was like, oh, those are some big shoes to fill. <laughs> those are some huge shoes to fill, you know? And I listened to her performance uh, before I went in to record because the, the Japanese was already out. Like the sub was all, had already been out for a while before Netflix went and hadn't dubbed it. Uh, you know, and her voice is so like, it's so deep and like round and just, there's just such like a, 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 like a gravity to it and I was like oh I want to be able to at least touch that a little bit I can't do even half of that but uh I, I would worship at her altar she's so good so amazing uh but yeah so like when I walked into my into my session for for six eyes I was honestly very intimidated and I was like I don't know if I don't know if I'm the right actor to do this but um you know we I we gave it a shot like I gave it a shot with the voice and like you know we kind of like made small adjustments here and there and my director bob you know kind of just kept me like kept me folk kept me focused on like where my voice print was landing uh if it was starting to creep up in my range because it was honestly like hitting the very bottom of my vocal range uh to do that character but uh to play someone so mysterious and 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 interesting and kind of kinky is like really <laughs> it was really fun she was such a cool character uh yeah and then the other and then Cosmo Cosmo fit a lot more easily into my into my vocal range it was a a, you know a version of a character that I I know how to do much better and so like that kind of came to me a lot more easily uh yeah (laughs) then recording recording that show is is uh was a trip just because like it's so it's such an interesting show and it touches so many like like adult like adult themes and not just, I'm not just saying like sex or violence, but like adult, because they're complicated and complex. uh, uh, And and asking the viewer to really like grapple with like pretty like interesting philosophical questions. um, Even inside of a scene about, about a stripper.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's such a, it's a weird show, and I think that's why I'm so attracted to it, because, I mean, we can, like, wax poetic about what it truly means, but personally, sure. for me, I'm like, it's a weird, trippy show, and I just I just love that, because it's, I love that when it comes to anime in general, like, they're not afraid to, you know, go into territories where it's where it doesn't make sense at first, but when you really think about it, it's like, ah, I, I kind of see what they're going for, you know, with the metaphors oh, yeah. and, and, you know, the character arcs and, and it's, and what's interesting about season two is that it feels like a completely different show from season one. Cause season yes. one was a love story. This one's like a murder mystery filled with mobsters and, uh, uh like snake yeah. security <laughs> that, uh, What's hilarious I love about Snake uh, Six Eyes is that um, she's the only security guard in that high school. I'm like, well, no wonder that someone got killed.
1: You only got like <laughs> one security guard, one security guard who only hides in the shadows. <laughs> like, been... Sorry, Six Eyes. <laughs>
0: no, it, she's an interesting character because, like, it's she's very mysterious, and one of my complaints is that I kind of wish, like, her. Arc, like she came back because she. Oh yeah. She she was like basically just. I love how her introduction is like. She just basically like it tells legoshi she hey, there's been a murder. You gotta solve the murder. <laughs> and yeah,
1: she just like plops in, <laughs> makes a huge splash, and then she like slithers back away into the shadows.
0: <laughs> and I tweeted about this on Twitter. It's like, so are we gonna ignore the fact that the only security guard in the high school basically manipulated a student into solving a
1: murder. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, I mean, it was the murder that, like, started off the fir- very first episode. So it was like, oh, interesting that the show, like, gave us this information, this, like, inciting incident, and then, like, shoves it aside for the love story for season one. <laughs> That's what And I then love season two comes this- out, and they're like, oh, wait, by the way, there's a murder. No, and...
0: And Cosmo is especially an interesting character because I, again, I wish we had more of her because I love her. Her little interactions she has with Lewis in that yeah. she, it, it, it's so sad. I kind of felt so sorry for her, like having to, to go down this you know downward spiral, and like it is a yeah. it is a you know dark reflection of what you know this life does, where you know one you you go into one it's it's the it's the two road what what do you call it that picture where it's like two roads and one leads to happiness and the other one leads to you know
1: oh yeah we suffering. all, we all hit those, like forks in the road you <laughs> yeah know. but yeah but it's interesting that she her her whole thing is that she knows she's in a place that is is by all definitions like not a good place for her to be but and yet she has decided to make Make this her home, and she's staked out a life here that that works for her. And like, you have to like give her give that character props for being able to make the best out of a situation that is not maybe ideal for them. And in honest, and, and you know, in all honesty, she's thriving.
0: And what I love about her is that you know she almost gets you know spoilers for season two, <laughs> spoilers for something that's been out for like a couple months now. So sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she almost gets you know murdered on stage mm-hmm. because you know. Uh, one of her, you know, her coworker got jealous and you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> tried to murder her. And what I love about her is that she's never portrayed as a victim. You know, she you yeah. know stands her ground and pretty much tells Lewis off. And she says like, "No, I did not." You know, <laughs> like who she's are like, you "I'm not here to... for your pity, man." Yeah, like who are you to pity me? And I love that scene because it's like, who are you? And it's such a great scene because it shows that Lewis is only playing tough. Because you know, mm-hmm. later on in the season we find out that you know he's a complete fraud and, and that you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, it's 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 a it's a very interesting show, and I'm kind of glad that they're doing season three. So.
1: I know I'm so excited to see what happens.
0: <laughs> kind of disappointed that Cosmo does not show up in more, <laughs> in more of the manga, but you
1: never know. That's okay. They made their impact. <laughs> they did their job. <laughs>
0: It's like, yeah, this life sucks, Lewis. Don't don't end up like me. Okay, bye.
1: Okay, bye. <laughs> Never to be seen again. Um
0: but that was an interesting show to record because um you know, it's it's done differently. It's more uh it's you know, CG animation. So I'm kind of wondering mm-hmm. like what was it different from the usual anime record? When it
1: comes to, you know, um, honestly, no, like for the actor, by the time you get to, for, for voice actors, English voice actors, by the time you get to dubbing, like most of it is usually it's like completely done um, and like ready to go. So there's not a whole lot that's different. I mean, like, I mean, obviously like visually, like it's a, it's a much, it's a much different show because it's got the CG elements, but the, the same, honestly, like the same rules apply for dubbing. Um Yeah.
0: Oh okay. <laughs> I thought yeah. I actually thought it was going to it was a different experience but um because well, it's, uh, <laughs>
1: it's
0: only it's... only in that I'm
1: watching something that's like more like CG like it, the mouth movements are like different like the way the mouth moves is is animated differently because they have like the you know 3D aspect to it but you know that doesn't affect would I do too, too much other than like, Oh, you know, maybe I have to pay attention to like certain mouth flaps more than I maybe would have if it was just in two dimensions where the, you know, the mouth flap animation is often a lot more limited.
0: Yeah. You got to make sure that um, you match those mouth, mouth flaps. And if one, one syllable is out of place, then you.
1: <laughs> you do the best you can. <laughs> and then it's interesting because like, you know, the B-Stars. Yeah. B-Stars was recorded during a pandemic and, so recording remotely is a challenge in and of itself. You know, um, there's all kind like there's always a lag between the audio and the video uh, because you're you're recording audio and you're hearing the audio through one program, and then you're seeing the video oftentimes through a secondary program. And so, you know, the speeds at which the two things reach you might be different, <laughs> and so it might take a few a few tries before you you can get a solid take where everything syncs up properly.
0: And how did you uh, feel about recording from home? Because I know some people either didn't mind the experience and some people just hated it.
1: Um, No, I, I really appreciated the experience. I, I enjoyed it. Um, when the pandemic started, like I didn't have the best setup at my apartment at the time. And uh, yeah, I just had like a, a USB... At that point, I still just had a USB mic and like a little foam foam shield that i was using for auditions i I wasn't recording from home so i had to quickly uh come up with a a a situation that would work for me so like i i got an uh, uh an xlr mic with a with a preamp and i got um I like bought all kinds of acoustic foam and set up inside a closet in my apartment. Uh, and I was short enough that I could stand inside this closet underneath like the, the hanger bar. <laughs> uh, and I was able to set up like a monitor in there and everything so that I could do all the things that I needed to do from home. It took a little bit, like maybe like a, a couple months before I was able to really like reliably do that uh, and figuring out source connect and all these other programs. It, it was a, a very uh Like I had to learn a lot of things in a very short amount of time, but I made it work. And I'm so grateful that I was able to figure it out so that I could keep working in the pandemic. Like it took a few, it took a few months before I could like, you know, I could honestly work from home. But once that happened, then um, that was also kind of like at a point where like my, like I was starting to book more with my agent. So uh, it all coincided at the same time. And I'm, I'm very thankful for that. And, and the and the, the to speak about recording from home, it's I'm, I'm grateful that we can do it because it affords a little bit more flexibility for us as actors. And you're working you you have the ability to work with people and companies that you maybe wouldn't have studios that you maybe wouldn't have had access to before the pandemic, just because they're in Texas or in New York, which is really cool that it now opens the pool you know to more actors. Um, I will say though, uh, I don't think I'm the greatest audio engineer for myself and, you know, writing your own game and like if you have to record on your own end as well can be a bit of a challenge, but I'm trying to do the best I can. But I also, when I do have the opportunity, excuse me, to go into the studio because studios have opened up a little bit, like on a very limited basis, the few chances I do get to go into the studio, I, I relish the opportunity because it is nice to also just walk in and be the actor and not have to worry about technical aspects and just focus on the performance that itself and that and that let that be the only thing that I worry about um but I like that there's the ability to do both now and uh, I, and I hope it I hope it stays that way honestly
0: like I said many times before the real heroes are the audio engineers they they are magicians when it comes to when it comes to mixing and oh, recording and all Yeah, that
1: stuff. <laughs> yeah. They they do such great work. And honestly, like the whole production team, you know, you gotta you have to really hand it to like all these studios and like the production teams for figuring out how to take uh how to a record all these people remotely and then B how to you know, how to uh, organize the scheduling and then finally like mixing it all together so it all sounds cohesive. Um You know, it's the it's the engineers and the producers and the directors and the and the studio owners like I I have to give it I have to hand it to them like they did. They all did a really great job of like figuring out how to roll with the punches, you know, and make it work, which is why voiceover somehow was an industry that didn't stop when the pandemic happened.
0: Because a lot of actors already had um, home studios, so it wasn't Mm -hmm. much of a stretch to ask them, hey, can you record? from home yeah. so you know i guess that's why and and at some point i think they kind of realized and it wasn't even like um i remember back um i think it was a couple of years ago i was reading an um an interview with matt graining and he said like most of the most of the celebrities they get for doing simpsons are recorded via you know uh what they what call it a phone patch so mm-hmm. so it wasn't it wasn't a new concept but i guess like not a lot yeah. of studios did it at the time, so I guess that's why it took kind of a, a little adjusting. I guess it
1: took a little adjusting, and not every actor had a home setup. Like like I just said, like my I didn't have a home setup ready for like quote unquote broadcast ready recording. But you know, I I made it work, and a lot of actors have you know figured out how to make it work for themselves, whether it's buying a prefab or making something with blankets, acoustic blankets, um, whatever. As long as you, as long as it sounds good. Uh, and it works for you, I mean, that's awesome. So
0: um, how did you get involved in Genshin?
1: Uh, Let's see. So, you know, Genshin does, you know, new characters every however many weeks, every three weeks, roughly, Uh, or like there's a set that comes out every six weeks with every update, right? And uh, so periodically uh, through my agent, sometimes I would get auditions from Genshin, just like, oh, here's a new character coming out. And this was maybe like, The third, probably the third packet of like auditions I'd gotten from Genshin, uh, which was, which turned out to be the Inazuma characters. And I got sent all the, all the, all of the female Genshin characters that have been introduced so far uh, were in that packet. And so, but they, but it was under a, 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 it was under a, what do you call it? Like a code name and they changed all the names and they changed all uh, a lot of the details, or at least the, the big words. Uh, and so uh, to try to, like, you know, hide what it was. Um, I mean, if you if you did, a, I mean, I did a little, like, extra digging. And so, like, I had a feeling it might be Genshin, but I wasn't 100% sure. But I also, when I was uh, reading these character bios, I, I didn't really, like, understand exactly, like, who they were necessarily in relation to anything in the game, especially because uh, they were referencing a, a world or, or a, a country that, to my knowledge, didn't exist in the game yet. And I'll preface this by saying I played the game a little bit when it first came out, like maybe for like a, a month or two. Uh, and then I like I just, I just stopped playing uh, for one reason or another, mostly because I was starting to play too much. And I was like, I should, you know, focus on work. Um, but yeah, I auditioned for all of the characters, except for one, because I missed I somehow didn't see the PDF for uh, the character that ended up being Sayu. (laughs) So I never auditioned for Sayu. (laughs) Uh, But I auditioned for all the other ones. And, you know, the and Shogun's character, she had, like, a different name and, like, different, like, details. But, like, still, like, had, it still had, like, a very, like, detailed um, explanation of, like, the general, like, sense of the character but like it didn't like give me the whole the exact whole story if that makes any sense uh and so like I did the auditions I sent them in and then um you know a couple weeks later I got an email saying you've been cast in Genshin Impact then the role is the Raiden Shogun and I was like who's the Raiden Shogun that that wasn't in the (laughs) packet. (laughs) and so I was like oh I wonder who this is I wonder and then I thought I wonder if maybe like they've been talked about in the game or if anyone you know what I mean or if there's anything so I just started googling Raiden Shogun and Genshin Impact and then I saw like a wiki like because I guess like she'd been she'd been talked about in the game before she ever showed up so like I saw that I saw the Wikipedia page about it and I was like oh oh this is who I booked Oh, this is this is rad oh whoa this is gonna be insane <laughs> and then I got really excited
0: <laughs> and uh, what was your reaction to seeing her for the first time in game
1: oh in game okay so in my my very first recording session with uh Chris Baella, our director um they showed me they showed me the cut scene the very first cut scene the one with um the one where Tom is all like uh tied up and the Traveler comes to save them and then, it, and then it leads into the fight between the Traveler and the Raiden Shogun in the 2.0 patch uh, they showed me that cutscene first and I was like oh this lady means business she's so pretty and she's so strong and the sword I was like oh I literally like I saw her I saw her pull the sword out and I was like it's like Utena <laughs> I geeked out <laughs> mm. I was just yeah. About no, to, I, I, I was freaked just about, out when, when I saw
0: it. No, I was just about to mention like um, it, I when I watched that cutscene, I'm like, wait a minute, is that an U- Utena reference? Because that felt like a Utena reference. But um...
1: it totally feels like an Utena <laughs> reference. <laughs> but I, yeah. I'm
0: glad I wasn't the only one who caught that. <laughs>
1: so... <laughs> I'm sure we aren't.
0: <laughs> but but no, I am. I'm really surprised how popular she's been. Like, well every every time like a new Genshin character pops up, like there's the fan art just
1: starts. I know, the hype is real, man. <laughs>
0: yeah, like, I because re- I remember seeing like so many fan art of her. I'm like, is this a new Genshin character? And I'm like, oh, it's a new Genshin character. I wonder yeah. who voices them. Oh, I. <laughs> wow,
1: really. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> like- and it's great because like
1: after i booked the character and and after i guess people saw some leak or something about the character like all of a sudden all this fan art was just everywhere on the internet and i couldn't do anything like i couldn't say anything i couldn't really like anything because (laughs) because i wasn't you know because ndas and i wasn't announced yet and so there's like just a period where i was just like enjoying so much fan art but unable to like just know, everybody, that anyone who did fan art before I was able to announce, I loved it all.
0: And I guess, like, after um, after the announcement, you probably just, like, went on Twitter and just started liking every piece of fan art
1: you could find. Like, yeah, a little bit. Like, honestly, anytime this is, and this is, like, my personal thing, whenever anyone, excuse me, tags me in some fan art, especially if it's something that they made, I, I, I like to like it and retweet it and, and thank them for it because, you know, it takes a lot to you know to to i appreciate the time that they took to say i like this character i want to draw it and then i want to you know at least offer it to your eyeballs
0: (laughs) so um i take it you've probably gotten a lot of um a lot of prints done of of uh right in shogun by now i would imagine i
1: i well no i am in the middle of getting prints made so i have i have one that's finished that was was gifted to me by a, a friend of mine who i really really appreciate and it's gorgeous and i have a second one that i think is just about done uh and a third one that is in process and then a fourth i'm waiting on the artist to free up because i want this specific artist so i'll have four eventually um but i definitely have one done and a second one like is like probably 99 percent done
0: <laughs> no it's pretty cool that uh i love it when uh voice actors commission a fan art of their of their characters because i'm like yeah you know they actually care yeah. enough to, to oh, do no, that
1: i 100 <laughs> care like i i haven't finished putting up all the all the prints that i've commissioned for my other characters up yet but i want to put them all up in my office uh here behind me <laughs> and i'll definitely put the red and shogun up there too <laughs>
0: oh god it must have been awkward like trying to commission fan art of cosmo and being like
1: (laughs) i honestly like i haven't yet commissioned anything for cosmo and i i'm not i i I remain on the fence as to whether i will (laughs) but six eyes definitely i was like i have to get a a fan art of six eyes (laughs)
0: I actually was kind of surprised, like how little fan art has has been available of uh, your Beastars characters. Because so I'm like, ah, eh, it's kind of disappointing because they're pretty cool characters. And I'm they of, are really cool yeah. characters. <laughs> like, like I, 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 um, I had this like bit of like I kind of wanted to commission someone to draw like a, like a parody of the Paul Blart Mall Cop poster, but
1: with success. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, you just imagine this giant snake on a segway. <laughs> because I'm
0: like, when whenever I like a character, I'm I'm that guy who's like, I really like this character and I want to spin off. I don't care if it makes no sense. I want. I want spin-off. an
1: alternate universe. Give me alternate universe.
0: <laughs> and I just want to see her hold a gun. I just want to see her hold a
1: gun. That'd be so silly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like it would have been hilarious how you know again spoilers for b-star season two like at the end when they when the killer is finally caught i wanted i wanted six Eyes to show up and say yep i caught him
1: <laughs> i like, just take all the credit just come in and take all the credit <laughs> <laughs>
0: or better yet just like commission um art of parroting that sailor moon scene where six sides is like my work is done and lego she's like but you didn't do anything <laughs>
1: that's, that's such a great meme i love that meme so much
0: because it's so true tuxedo mask doesn't do anything he just shows up and he's like yep
1: <laughs> yeah yeah oh tuxedo mask <laughs>
0: speaking of anime like how did yeah like what what made you want to get into voiceover
1: what made me want to get into voiceover like in the very 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 beginning was the little mermaid <laughs> that was the beginning of my love for like like cartoons and 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 voice voiceover uh when i was a kid i saw The little mermaid and like you know i'm like five or six and i'm like i want to be a mermaid. And then I was like, "You can't be a mermaid. That's not real. I want to be the voice of a mermaid. <laughs> That's what I want, you know." And I, I watched all those Disney movies, like The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin. What else? There, Lion King, even Hunchback of Notre Dame, M- Mulan. Like that whole series, Pocahontas. Like that whole series of, of Disney movies. Like that is so like that was that was formative for me, right? And I. I like that kind of started my love for like performing. Cause like I wanted to, first I was like, I want to be the, the, the I want to sing like a Disney princess. And then I was like, no, I want to just like be the Disney princess. I'll be the voice of a Disney princess. And so like, I took singing lessons when I was a kid, you know, I was in choir. Um, when I was in high school, I did, you know, what choir and drama club. I did the, the school plays and school musicals. So I really liked performing uh, a lot. Uh, I didn't, however, like, see myself at the time making that into a career because like that what like I grew up in a small town in Illinois for the most part uh we moved around a lot and then like kind of landed in in Illinois um but growing up in a small town in Illinois it didn't really seem feasible for me to to make like performing a, a a viable option for a career and my parents are are are, we're Filipino, and my parents are, are very like they're pragmatic people, and they they wanted me to go to school, get my degree, become a doctor. At that point, I was pre I was thinking pre med, and so like I I went to college. I went to Marquette University in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is a great Jesuit university. Uh, I love it so much. And they I, I got a degree at sorry I got a degree in biomedical engineering, and I was pre med, but. The whole time that I was at Marquette I was also doing theater. Like I I took all the acting classes. I took I took a stagecraft class. I took costuming. Like I worked in the costume shop. I I, I, I was <laughs> I was doing like everything I could in a, in the theater. I I I was in like probably like 50% of the plays that were you know put up at Marquette's theater department while I was there and I, I loved it. I loved it so much. And my acting mentor, Phyllis Ravel, God rest her soul. She told me my senior year, like, you should go audition for grad school. It couldn't hurt to just audition for grad school. And I said, okay. So I did this audition. It's called the URDAS. And I think it stands for University and Resident Theater Association. And it's like an association of like 30 some grad school programs and like resident theaters like Summerstock or like regional theaters like that they would send a representative out to one of the big cities so there were like there was an audition in san francisco one in chicago which is where i went and then one in new york there might have been a fourth one i don't remember but there would be like a a couple of days where you would go to this hotel a hotel in chicago you would sign up and you would get an audition slot and you would do You would do your audition which was like two monologues and if you wanted to you could sing um so i chose just to do two monologues and uh and then that's it and then you did it in front of a room of like 30 something people and then those 30 something people would like make their choices and they would ask to interview whoever they wanted out of that audition pool and i got like a handful of of interviews uh but i could only go to my first two because i had I had to drive back with my friend who went with me to this audition. We had to drive back from Chicago to Milwaukee. That's like a two, two and a half hour drive to go to rehearsal for a play that we were in because we were two of the leads in this play. We were in Tartuffe uh, and I was Doreen, the maid. uh, But so I only had two interviews. And my very first interview was with CalArts, the California Institute of the Arts, which is in Valencia, California, uh, just like. I don't know, like 20 or 30 miles north of LA. And um, CalArts is, uh, I think, more primarily famous for its animation program. A lot of, like, a lot of famous animators have come out of CalArts. But it has an excellent theater program, dance, art, film, all, like, all matches. Uh, But my first interview was with CalArts, and I totally vibed with uh, the, uh, my, my acting teacher who she became my acting teacher teacher marisa chivas and uh we like did an exercise talked about like what i wanted to do i was just like i want to learn because i i felt like i was behind in terms of like learning acting and so um i did that i got in and i, I went to Kel-Hart's and got my mfa and uh oh wow this is gonna this is i'm taking the long route aren't i mm-hmm yeah. So I learned how to be an actor, got my MFA in acting. And then my third year, I got interested in voiceover again, because my speech teacher, Denise Woods uh, is also a voice actress. And she, um, kind of like gave us like a little taste of like what it was like to be a voiceover actor specifically for commercials. And I was like, Oh, that sounds cool. So then after I left Cal arts, you know, I, um, I realized, Oh no, student loans are real and I have a lot of them and I need to work. So I, uh, went back the other direction, and I found a job as a forensic scientist. (laughs) I kid you not. I was a forensic scientist for seven and a half years uh, doing accident reconstruction for, like, car accident, like for, for car accident, regarding car accidents, or like slip and fall cases, or like someone fell down the stairs, those types of things. If there was a lawsuit, or even just an insurance claim, uh, either the insurance company or a, a lawyer might hire my boss to be an expert witness to take a look at whatever evidence there is. And, uh, you know, using, you know, scientific principles kind of figure out like what exactly happened in the accident? How does this person say they got hurt? And does it kind of match up with the evidence that is presented? Um, those are the kinds of things that I would do at that job. But while I was doing it, I was also taking classes. I took some voiceover classes, cut my first demo. And then, um, I booked like a couple of Korean MMORPGs, uh, like one was called vindictus it was through this company called nexon i think it's still i think it's still uh still active but i would do i would go in periodically for uh you know like new content they would call me in and be like oh your character's got more lines come in and record and that for that video game it was like a little bit like dubbing where like they had like a specific timing or like a certain like line length that i had to meet so i was kind of like learning a little bit that way what dubbing was sort of like and one time when I went in for additional lines was at a studio called Spliced Bread. And I met Bob Buchholz there who's uh, he 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 owns it and he's the director and he liked me. So he sent me more auditions for other things that his studio did. Uh, and I booked a couple of things here and there. And then eventually he asked me to do additional voices on an anime called Knights of Sidonia. And that was my very first anime that I worked on. And I did just additional voices like an operator or something or other, and then people in a crowd. And then after that, I I, I liked it. And I, I, I felt like I kind of understood how dubbing worked. I think like having a musical background helped. Um, and having that like little experience from that video game definitely helped. And so, you know, getting to do more anime here and there over the years, like I was able to build up a small resume uh, and, uh, you know, booking things on my own, basically. I didn't have an agent for a very long time. Um, and then might as well finish out the story. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. uh, Bob was one of the uh, directors for it. And so he hired me to do additional voices for Final Fantasy VII Remake. So I came in and I did like, 15 women who were in Section 8 and then like two kids in like this one quest where you had to find some children from an orphanage. I don't remember what part of the game that's in because I haven't played it yet because I don't have a PS5 or a PlayStation 4 or anything PlayStation yet. Um, but Final Fantasy 7 Remake was what got me Taft Heartlead. And so I was able to become SAG eligible um, that's what that means. Uh, getting Taft lead means you can hire a person who is non-union and that basically makes them SAG-eligible for the, uh, for SAG-AFTRA, the acting union. And uh, from there, I met someone who who really liked my work and they recommended me to my now agency. That's how I got my agent at Box. It uh, was through a personal recommendation that I got from working on Final Fantasy VII Remake that I got from... Working consistently, but kind of sporadically over the years, uh, doing dubbing work and other, you know, sm- like other voiceover jobs that I kind of like cobbled together by myself. Huh. and then now I'm with my agency, and it's gonna be two years in like a month or two, and it's been wonderful uh, working with them because I had access to you know all kinds of auditions and studios and casting directors that I never had before, and that's what led me ultimately to jujitsu kaisen and then B stars and then genshin impact <laughs> and now we're here and i finished my story
0: <laughs> you
1: get all that <laughs> oh my god thank you for letting me drone on i i always like i'll be like halfway through the story and be like what was the initial question what was i trying to answer because now i've just told the, the whole story <laughs> oh yeah
0: how did you get into voiceover oh i'll just tell you my entire origin story
1: (laughs) basically because it starts from the very beginning
0: (laughs) no i said this many times before but the less talking i do on this show the better because it's not about (laughs) me it's about the guest
1: (laughs) well thank you for letting me letting me prattle on
0: (laughs) i'm like oh good <laughs> is this do, do i chime in now do i chime in now is she done no uh okay I'll keep,
1: i was like i'll keep going i'll just let just finish the whole thing out and then we'll get to, to today <laughs> and then this morning i ate a hard-boiled egg and some apples
0: um but how did like out of all the roles you've done which one w- would you say was the most challenging
1: um uh... There are some that are challenging for different reasons. Uh, I thought Six Eyes was very challenging for me. Uh, like I said before, because she lives like literally at the very bottom of my range and is like kind of like a, a, a voice print and voice texture that I that is not necessarily that I didn't think was in my wheelhouse. Uh, that plus the added uh, um anxiety of knowing, uh, what I was trying to emulate (laughs) in terms of Kujira's performance, uh, that I thought was difficult. And it was one of the rare performances where like I left my session thinking, did I do a good job? Will this sound okay when it comes out? And and thankfully it, it, I I thought I did. I thought I did. Okay. (laughs) I thought I did all right. Uh, um, that one was really challenging. There was, um, you know, there was this, there was this role that I had once where I was like playing a little boy in like, we, it was the dub of like a Russian, a Russian cartoon, but I was playing this little boy and we would do, this was non-union and then we would do it in like four hour stints, but the little boy voice was like, oh, I don't remember exactly how he sounded, but he was definitely like in a higher range and had a lot of texture in his voice, like a lot of rasp and texture to kind of keep him boyish. While also being really young sounding, uh, and doing that for four hours would be really just taxing on my voice. Just because that's adding texture to your voice takes a lot more air, makes you a lot more tired, and can wear out your voice a lot faster. Um, like that, and then also the ride in Shogun was was challenging in its own way. Um, to not get too spoilery, uh, the ride in Shogun there are there are kind of two aspects to the red and shocking and one aspect of her is is very cold and kind of detached but the the whole the whole thing was we didn't want her to sound robotic uh while also sounding cold and detached so like kind of like dancing on that knife's edge of sounding cold and detached but not robotic uh was just tricky and all that required honestly was going back and listening to my voice reference, we made a voice reference at the very beginning of my sessions as the and Shogun so that we could like use that as like a place to come back to. Like we would play it, I'd repeat it. Okay. Now I remember this is, this is where she lives. And then we would go back and record the next line. Um, so that was really it. I think those were my most challenging roles to date. Plus you don't want to make
0: them too cold and, and, Because then the player can't relate to them and they don't want to pick them.
1: (laughs) That's the other thing, too. Yeah, yeah. If it's just, like, very robotic and, like, you know, like, nothing going on inside, you know, no one cares about that. (laughs) Why are we going to care about this character? Plus, you
0: don't want it to come off as, like, too anime-ish, if that makes sense. Because I know, like, a lot of people dislike... Um, dislike English dubs because everyone has that anime way of talking, and you know, which is which is
1: really funny to me. And not to like delve too deeply into the sub versus dub debate, it boggles me that people are like, I hate that some people, some people are like, I hate English dubs because they talk all anime. I'm like, what do you think that they're talking like in Japanese? They are talking all anime in Japanese. Like, this is my, this is, this is part of my soapbox. Like, what do you think English actors are trying to do? We're trying to honor how the Japanese is performed. Uh, and it's not to say that there aren't quote unquote bad English dubs. There probably are. But like, I think like for the most part, everyone is just trying to, A, honor the performance that has been brought before them and B, honor the material that <laughs> has been brought before them in a way that makes sense for an English speaker's ears um and it's like if you didn't want if you didn't want something to sound anime then why are you watching anime (laughs) oh no am I gonna get like am I gonna get comments don't at me please
0: (laughs) uh the views expressed in this podcast do not represent the views
1: (laughs) yeah seriously uh well here's the thing like why are you going to like and like and i see this like i've seen this like on the internet like why are you going on an actor's page and then like telling them that what they do is is like useless like what does that serve anything like that's a that's rude b like it's not going to stop this actor from acting because that's how they make their money. Like I get paid regardless of whether or not you like my performance, frankly. <laughs> that's like a really hard thing, harsh thing to say, but it's like, I got paid either way. Uh, and, you know, i I'm sorry if you don't like our performances, but also there are other people who do. So I guess just like check your, a check your privilege and be like, really think about like what it is you don't like about it you know if (laughs) i i I sometimes don't understand why people say that they only like japanese voice actors and and here's the other thing no this is what it is i don't understand this is what i really don't understand and this is just a like like a nit i have to pick why do people think that it's a contest there's not a contest between japanese voice actors and english voice actors we english voice actors we love and we appreciate and we 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 revere the japanese voice actors because they have put forth these amazing performances we're not trying to compete with them we're just trying to re and that's no. we're trying to honor their performances because we have to do a, an english version so that people who are english speaking can understand the story better If you can, if you can watch a Jap, you know, a Japanese sub and read the, and read the dialogue at the same time and get everything that you need to get from it, good for you. Amazing. I love watching subs. They're wonderful. I love watching the original Japanese because I love, I love those actors. I love hearing it. I love hearing their work. But, you know, not everybody can, you know, uh, if, If watching English is A, the only way they can get the story or B, the way they like to get the story because they like being able to hear it in English, don't don't like what's what's a word that I can say that's not just cursing. Don't just like, you know, crap all over it, you know, like everybody should be able to watch the content that they want to watch and the way they want to watch it. And it's all valid. And more importantly, it's not a contest. And I'm not trying to compete with any other voice actor, English speaking or otherwise. Um we're all just trying to do our job and I think people I think some people um I don't know what's the word for it they like project something onto what's onto the work we do that isn't there like don't read into it guys <laughs> literally don't read into it I just don't That's my soapbox. <laughs> no, I I I totally agree
0: with you cuz I don't understand this mentality of like even before like when I, I remember listening to an interview with someone who was like oh I only got into to anime dubbing because the dubs I watched as a kid weren't very good and I'm like okay yeah that's an understandable you know reason but at the same time it's like there were shows that were good you know yeah. back then and I just I don't like this mentality of oh well everything pre 2005 was terrible like no that's
1: no also remember that like if you go back and watch like american cartoons it's about a style it's a style choice too Remember, like, cartoons like The Jetsons and The Flintstones, the way those are performed is vastly different from the way cartoons in the 80s were performed, like He-Man, and then vastly different from the way cartoons are performed even now, like your cartoons like Bob's Burgers and Archer. Like, the style and performance across all media changes over time, and the same has to be true for the way anime is dubbed. Because just that's, that's what was in vogue at the time. And if that doesn't sound good to you now, fine. But also remember that at that time, that was a, the norm and B, it was a sound that was acceptable to people. Like that's what people, that's the way people wanted to hear stuff back then. So, you know, like, again, just chill. (laughs)
0: No, and it's funny because everyone hated the Eva dub back in the day, but now everyone loves it. Now everyone wants it back.
1: <laughs> Nobody knows what they want. Everyone just needs to chill.
0: <laughs> By the way, I really don't like the fact that you have to buy like a special edition to get the uh, original
1: dub. I think that's Oh uh, to be like honest, <laughs> I I didn't watch I didn't watch Eva. When it uh, like until the Netflix dub came out, so I've never actually heard the original dub, and that's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> I've only seen it in the original Japan. I've only seen like parts of it in the original Japanese and uh, the Netflix dub. But I think the show is amazing, uh, and eventually, I'll probably find my way to the original dub just just out of curiosity.
0: It's so confusing because that you have the, because then you have the movies which are dubbed by Funimation, so they use the you know they use their crew, and then oh, recently yeah. Amazon picked it up and they brought in their people. It's just so
1: like inconsistent. They're, you know, it's uh, it, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Licensing is a weird thing. Yeah, I know, but
0: it's. I will say, uh, props to Amazon for bringing back, you know, the some of the original cast for the new movie. I'm like, okay, cool. (laughs) You did, (laughs) you did good on that.
1: I haven't, I haven't watched any of the movies yet, so I'll have to eventually like work my way to them.
0: I mean, the the movies are just basically like a condensed version of the of the show. So right, yeah, but with different changes here and there. So
1: that's what I understand.
0: there you go um but no you make a great point i don't understand like why harass the voice actors like if if like why harass anybody like they're just doing their job i don't get exactly
1: it doesn't make any sense and that's not to say i'm not trying to like play victim here but i really just don't understand the mentality that brings someone to say like you do a terrible job it's like you don't have to say it you can just like not like what i do and just walk away what what why do you feel like you need to be heard? No,
0: there are tons of actors I'm not a fan of. And sometimes, like, when I hear them and stuff, I'm like, oh, that's who they picked? Okay. But I don't go to that person's, like, Twitter and say, oh, why Why did you have to ruin so-and-so? Why couldn't you? No, like, I don't care. It's like, oh, well, they cast this person I'm not a fan of. I wouldn't have cast this
1: person. But okay, I'll yeah. still watch the show. I don't care. Yeah. Cause, and here's, like, another, like, Here's a harsh thing to say, but I'm gonna say it as nicely as I can. That was like I mean and I'm not saying this to you, but I'm saying it's like hypothetically like, yo, you're not the one who's paid to cast. That's the other thing, like that wasn't your job, so you don't get to complain you know (laughs) like guessing is also a very difficult job like they have so many pieces they have to fit into a puzzle to make uh to make one show sound cohesive and to make one show does and to make sure one show doesn't sound like everyone sounds the same like that's i don't i don't envy that job at all (laughs) i mean yeah i I respect it but i don't envy that job at all
0: and and you brought up a great great point in that media in general has changed like the acting style of like the hanna-barbera era is long gone yes and
1: like we don't like if you want to use like on-camera equivalents like we don't all talk like they did in the 40s we don't all we don't all just talk like this like we're on a radio program you know (laughs) coming up next we don't all talk like that anymore You know, like, so, like, things change over time. (laughs) And I I think you have to remember that, like, when you watch, like, old movies, you know, and, and the other things that, like, just the way, the way movies are written is so different. Movies used to take so much time to tell their story. it And nowadays, like, you have, like, you have to, like, get your whole, like, your whole thesis statement in within, like, the first within like the first like what 15 minutes of a show usually although anime is kind of different anime usually breaks that rule but (laughs) but writing in 2021 is usually like you gotta get your gotta get your point across really fast or else the audience you're gonna lose an audience and like that's crazy
0: yeah but anime it's like well you gotta watch the first three episodes and (laughs) you gotta watch the
1: first you gotta watch the first arc before you understand what this show is about
0: (laughs) Now, has there ever been a point where you know, going back to Genshin, like when you got, yeah, you know, not going into too much too much spoilers, but mm-hmm. um, when you read like some of the lore, does it? Do you ever get confused sometimes, and you're like, wait a minute, what, what am I saying?
1: Yes, a hundred percent. There's so much. There's so much lore, and and to be honest, like I can't keep track of it, and I have to like constantly look stuff up and I have to like actually go back and reread us a a lot of things because like, because I didn't play consistently on the, I didn't play this game consistently. There was a lot of stuff that I played that was literally a year ago that I can barely remember the content of. So when stuff gets brought up again, I'll have to go look it up on a Wikipedia page just to remember what things, what things are. And so like, even like, like the Red and Shogun story is, is complex and it's, uh and it's got a lot of nuance to it. And so trying to keep those things straight, even while recording was difficult. So it was, you know, luckily we had our director there and we had, you know, representatives from miHoYo on the call all the time that I could ask the questions of, okay, remind me, why am I saying this? Or who is Orobashi? Or, you know, those kinds of things. Like, remind me because it we you know we're now in like session eight or nine <laughs> it's been a minute what are we talking about
0: because one of the things i noticed like first time
1: playing the game is like how much lore and info yes. dumping is it it's game. there's a lot of info dumping and there's a lot of info dumping that doesn't even happen in dialogue like you have to read like the descriptions of certain artifacts to get information or like all those like mysterious pages you get like throughout the world. Like I haven't read half of that stuff because there's just so much to read, Uh, but I want to because it's all really interesting. They've really put the world building they've done on this game is insane and impressive. Um, And if anyone can hold all that in their brain, that's amazing.
0: Like, sometimes I got so confused. I'm like, I need one of those crappy YouTube explain videos to
1: (laughs) explain this to me. Oh, my goodness. Uh, This is a total non sequitur. But when Kingdom Hearts 3 came out, I was like, oh, I kind of remember Kingdom Hearts 1. My brother played it. I watched him play it. I wonder what the storyline leads up to Kingdom Hearts 3. So I watched a YouTube explainer video that, like, tells the story of, like, kingdom hearts one and two and all the side games that happened leading up to three and it was like an hour long and i only made it like 30 minutes before i was like i'm already lost what is the story i don't get it
0: well you see what happened is like uh, a couple riders went into a room snorted a bunch of cocaine and said you no know it'd oh, be gosh. really cool donald goofy and mickey mouse crossing oh, no, over
1: you know, that, that part I got. That part like for whatever reason, like that I understood. But then we had like the, someone was like, This person is also that person because they kinda live in their heart and I'm like, What? But I thought the hearts were what but they do they share the key? I don't understand. <laughs> Why are there so many versions of the same person? I
0: I still laugh when whenever I have to be reminded that um cuz uh Haley Joel Osment is is one of the English voice actors for that game. Oh yeah. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. I, I <laughs> just laugh whenever I whenever I have whenever I have to remind myself someone had to go into a recording session with him and explain to him <laughs> what he was recording. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Same thing with every single person who came on who was in in the cast of that game cuz they're like Okay, I'm playing uh I, I play Bill Farmer had to be <laughs> getting told. <laughs> Imagine Bill Farmer walking in being told about like Goofy having to fight a bunch of heartless and he's like, "What what 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 are the heartless?" and
1: I'm like, "You got time, Bill <laughs> cuz uh, it's going to be a long one." Yeah. Well, I mean like, you know, to certain to a certain extent like there's only so much information you have to have to know. You absolutely have to know in order to like you know, read, you know, to do your lines, so I'm sure, like they may- maybe gave him the reader's digest version just to like get him enough information to you know to do the things he needed to do. <laughs> now it's kind
0: of funny because I'm a huge Transformers fan, and I know like a lot of people, um... you know, whatever. I talk about Transformers lore with someone who's like really big into Transformers. I sometimes have to remember, oh God, someone's listening to this and they have no idea what the hell we're talking. About.
1: <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Because
0: when you get into lore, it's like, yeah, of course it makes sense. Like, what are you stupid?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, if you live, breathe, and eat and drink that kind of stuff, yeah, no, it all makes sense. But you know, oh man, you're you. If you start talking about uh, Transformers lore, my my eyes are just gonna glaze over. i be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Autobots and Decepticons, uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> So there's these like two
0: raging um, factions of
1: robots
0: <laughs> from the planet Cybertron,
1: who are. All right, I'm gonna let you go. Let me go grab some more tea.
0: <laughs> and then they built. Then there are robots that transform into dinosaurs. They're called the Dinobots, and Grimlock is their leader.
1: <laughs> oh, that's right. Some of them are dinosaurs. How does that work? I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well,
0: see, the Dinobots were built on Earth, so they're not <laughs> technically Lamborghinians.
1: But then but but then are they are they but then are they of the same faction? Like they were built on Earth. Like
0: No, that was all controversy. It's like who who did they side with, but they eventually side with the Autobots. So
1: Got it, got it. There okay. Go. See now I'm learning.
0: <laughs> Depending on the continuity. Anyway. Fair. Uh... No, um, when you auditioned for uh, Genshin, did they give you like um, the the entire backstory, or just like basic? They
1: gave, they gave me a lot of the backstory, but like kind of redacted. So like you know things were like changed for you know NDA purposes, uh, and and some things left a little vague again for NDA purposes. Uh, so when I was doing the audition, like I knew generally that. I was doing an audition for someone who had like kind of two aspects to them, one being more like that cold detached, kind of even militaristic like leader. And then the other one being a lot warmer and like uh uh gentler, but also still being like uh a ruler, you know, that kind of a thing. So like I, I had that to work with. And I, I think the the I haven't my I don't remember what my audition sounded like, but I'm 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 like 95 percent sure that what we ended up using, what we ended up creating as the voice print voice prints for uh, the Red and Shogun are slightly different from what I uh, initially auditioned with, but uh, you know I think like the same the same elements are all in there.
0: Uh, I'm guessing you uh, probably like the original audition was something around along the lines of regal but not British.
1: Yeah, basically. I mean, like that's the whole like if you want to like get into the nitty gritty of like what I, how I created the character, how I created that voice print for Red and Shogun, like both of them, I kind of just using like a very relaxed sort of uh, like mid Atlantic accent. So it's like super, super, super light, like sort of British E, <laughs> but, but not, but like, uh, but not <laughs> so that I could keep kind of like that regal sound. Cause she, she's a ruler. Right. Um, and then uh And then going from there, like, differentiating between, like I said, the two aspects of Red and Shogun.
0: And that's another thing you got to take into consideration is that, you know, she's a character from a fictional country and you kind of need to ask yourself, like, okay, if this was a real place that exists, what would their dialect be?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was we weren't like, we didn't really talk so much about, like, does Inazuma have a a, a dialect? It was kind of just more like, if she's a ruler, like, she would be... She would be proper, like there's a properness to her and a, a, um, a sort of uh, classic sound to her. That was kind of like what I was going for, and it seemed to work.
0: <laughs> but, but how do you define classic, though?
1: Oh, so that's why I was talking about like using like a mid-Atlantic accent. Uh, so like the mid-Atlantic accent is more. It, it's it's kind of like a it's like a super neutral American accent that honestly feels a lot like British light. So more pure vowels. um, uh, More, uh, I was being more conscious with my, with my consonants. Um, That's really it. And just like, I was just like, keeping my mind, like keeping the back of my brain, like, this is a ruler. This is a ruler. How does a ruler sound? How, how proper and regal and uh, important does a ruler sound? So like, just keeping like that kind of mantra in the back of my head kind of helped me uh, stay stay on point with the character.
0: And when you get an audition, do you do you do some research when it comes to like what what do you want the character to sound like in your head?
1: Yeah, well, it, yeah. When you get an audition in general, like they they'll give you as much or as little information as they want to give you, right? Uh, sometimes you get a picture, sometimes you don't get a picture, sometimes you get a page long description, sometimes you get just three words that kind of describe the character according to the developers or, or writers. Uh, and then sometimes they tell you what project it is and sometimes it's under an NDA. So from there, I have to do a little bit of homework. Do What do I know about this project? Like, I, I like to do as much homework as I can, if I can, like, uh, so that I know like what genre is this? What's the audience? So like, is this a comedy? Is this a drama? Is this like military style is this um like high fantasy and then what's my audience is this mostly like for kids is this all ages is this like a super adult game where there's going to be like a lot of blood and gore so it's going to feel more like raw and cinematic uh those are the kinds of things that i first do to just like kind of get an idea for like what world are we living in and then like based on the description then i just kind of like start playing around with like what are Kind of like the voice prints in my head that seem to match match that, and then see, like just I just start talking, and then if I like something, then I'll I'll, I'll flag that in my mind and try to use that as my uh, as like my my basis for the character, and then then from there, then it's going into the script and seeing okay, what are the lines that are, are, that, are that are that they're asking me to to read? Okay, uh, is it like from or did they send me like a full scene? Did they just send me like? four different lines, but with like a, a small description beforehand of like what's going on in the scene and maybe like an emotion or is it just four lines? Good luck. <laughs> you know, so then I have to like, depending on how much information was given to me, decide, okay, be- before each line, who am I talking to? What am I feeling? How do I feel about them? What am I trying to get out of this line? Like, why am I saying this? Uh, all those things that, uh, there you know the all the acting all the acting stuff that you have to do in order to you know make your performance as as organic as possible you know even if it's like you know like a kid's cartoon where you're going to be broad and big you still have to like be believable you still have to uh be responding to something that you've been given so yeah that's what i do when i get
0: auditions And and you bring up a great point in that you need to know who your audience is and what age demographic you're.
1: It's helpful (laughs)
0: because,
1: like, if it's if we're talking about a show that's on like Nick Jr., you know, a lot of those shows, for the most part, they're gonna want characters that are that they're gonna want performances that are broad and maybe talk a little slower because you know that's that's the speed at which things need to be done. Now, if you're talking about something that's like for adults, like Bob's Burgers or an Archer or you know a um, uh, Family Guy, those kinds of shows, you can be like real like you you can be if it, depending on the character, a lot closer to the vest. I can be if it's a character that fits like my personal voice print a lot better. I can just be like this the whole time, talking really casual. I'll you know I'll contract everything I need to. Lots of like uh you know lots of. Um, can do a lot a little bit more improv kind of like here and there mostly just like peppering in like oh uh like breaths and all that stuff stuff that makes it a little dirty if it makes sense um that's kind of the approach i might take to to a script from like something like that uh yeah it it it, it informs you know it's not like a hard and fast rule that's not to say like every character on a you know a, a preschool show is going to talk like this but you know that that's what some characters on that show are going to sound like. So then how does your character fit in with that, in, into that world?
0: Yeah, because y- you need to understand, like, what you're recording for and how and how you fit. Because at the end of the day, you're just, like, one piece of the puzzle. Yes. And, <laughs> and you got to make it work. And if you can't, then they're going to be like, okay, thank you for your time. We're just yeah, going to yeah, cast yeah. someone else. <laughs> anyway, um... Uh God, I forgot what we were talking about. What
1: are we talking about? Uh, oh yeah. Um something about Oh no, just knowing, like your, knowing audience, like your audience. Knowing your
0: audience. Mm-hmm. Uh do you find it like do you, do you ever get like mood whiplash not mood mood whiplash, but like sometimes <laughs> keeping up with like uh what you're recording for in, in any given day? Like you're kinda having Oh, like if
1: I'm doing multiple things yeah, in a day. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I usually give my, I like to give myself at least an hour or two between things (laughs) to kind of like reset (laughs) so that I can like go eat something, go hydrate, go to the bathroom and then like, you know, take a small look at what it is I'm doing next. But yeah, you know, uh, sometimes it's sometimes, you know, there are some days where I go from doing a character who's like really high energy and like crazy and then An hour later, I'm doing something that's maybe I'm doing a live action dab and everything is like small and like right in here close to the mic and just like super like hyper real emotions. Uh, It's I think it's fun. I think it's fun to be able to do things that are like wildly across the spectrum uh, all in one day. (laughs) I love my job.
0: (laughs) And how long does it usually take you to like how long are sessions with you?
1: Depends. It depends on the project. Uh, I, you know, sessions typically don't go long, don't don't cap out at four hours because at four hours, you know, your voice is going to get tired. You've been talking for a long time. And at the, I mean, honestly, like even at three hours, you're, you're starting to, you might start to get diminishing returns, especially if it's a vocally challenging role. Uh, some video games, you know, will be like four hours. And then like at the, what I like about uh, sessions What I like doing in sessions is making sure that like if I'm doing something strenuous in a session, especially if it's like video game and you've got, you've got like battle sounds and death cries and all that stuff, leave that stuff at the end so that like we can get all the emotional stuff out of the way. We can do all the like, like the good, the nitty gritty stuff while my voice is still like, like perfect and pristine and like, well, like warmed up and all that stuff. And then at the end, we'll do all the stuff that's going to like potentially shred your voice. Uh, I mean, it's not going to shred your voice because, because you as an actor have warmed up and you are going to use proper techniques to do all the things, but things that are strenuous, you know, can, you know, uh, tire you out. And if you, if you can do them at the end of your session so that there's nothing else coming afterward. You know, after you, you know, are a little like ragged, like you shouldn't have to then go back and do something that's like emotional and like uh or or after doing all that stuff, you shouldn't have to go back and then do a character who's like way up here because it's not going to sound good after you've been like yelling and screaming, you know,
0: it'd be like the family guy bit where he, Peter hits puberty. Hey, guys, let's go play some baseball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh but but that's a good point in that you also want to know your limits and know that yeah. uh, don't push yourself too hard. Otherwise, you're going to get hurt.
1: Yeah, vocal health is so important, you know, because this is literally my instrument. This is how I make my money. So I have to protect it as much as I can, you know. <laughs> and when you
0: stream, um, do you like – make a note of like how much time you've been talking like how long is an average stream for you so you make sure that uh you know you pace yourself when it comes to streaming and
1: oh yeah so like with streaming has been super fun but also like because it's just me like and and i just naturally like like have a performance energy when i'm doing streaming i I'll get tired around two hours. Like I'll just be like, just me, like personally, I'll just be tired around two hours. Like my voice is fine, you know, two hours in typically. Cause you know, I'm not doing anything super strenuous. I'm not, I'm not doing like uh fight efforts. <laughs> it's just me talking and laughing and you know, whatever. But I will, I, I typically get tired around two ish hours. So like, I think my longest dream was yesterday's where I was on for like two and a half hours but um I wouldn't want to do too much more than that I don't think uh just because I personally (laughs) will be like I'm done let's go do other things
0: (laughs) (laughs) two and a half hour stream and then you'd come on and do a podcast that is that is amazing (laughs) oh no
1: I didn't do a podcast right before the or I didn't (laughs) do a stream right before this but oh man that'd be crazy
0: (laughs) like screw it i'll do everything today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no 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 so like i just scheduled it so i had i had this interview with you and then i have an afternoon session today so that's it
0: <laughs> what what do you do on your time off i'm kind of wondering like what do you uh, do when you're not <laughs> working or streaming
1: or... <laughs> when i'm not working well lately i've been playing a lot of genshin impact so <laughs> <laughs> but uh typically things i like to do when i'm not doing all that stuff you know i i I, I like just like chilling out. I, I do like watching anime and playing video games. My husband and I, we play Dungeons and Dragons with a few friends. We have two different campaigns, two different weekly campaigns that we have. Uh, So we do that a couple of days a week. And then um, honestly, just like before the pandemic, this was easier to do, but I like, I'm a foodie, like Zach, my, Zach, my husband and I, we like going, we like going to restaurants and like trying new places Love finding, like, a cool new cocktail bar, you know, and, like, hanging out with friends like that. It's a little harder with the pandemic. Like, we don't do that as – we don't we really don't do that as much anymore. Um, but we still try to, you know, do interesting things. Cook at home. Like, we do like cooking. We don't do it as much because, you know, sometimes we, we don't make that a priority. But we do like cooking. We do like cooking good food here at home. Um, yeah. It's mostly that. I do like crafting. I don't do it as much – lately but i i i love coming up with different random crafts like i i do like knitting and i do like crocheting i'm i'm learning how to crochet but um i'm famous for making starting a cool project and then never finishing it i
0: i feel i feel attacked now because that's me as well yeah
1: i I just i have great ideas and sometimes follow through is really hard
0: I struggle with just writing up character bios now. I'm just like, "Ah." oh, straight up, yeah. (laughs)
1: Like Like, I've had a, like I've had a pilot idea like rattling around in my head for like a year and a half. Like this whole pandemic that I just have not sat down to write because procrastination. Eventually, it'll happen. What
0: what 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 is it about? If you don't. Oh, I don't want to talk about. I don't
1: want to. I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to jinx it.
0: you're not worth a shot (laughs) (laughs) well you don't want to tell me because then you'd be like oh well he stole it damn it he stole it
1: (laughs) stole my idea oh my goodness
0: (laughs) Uh, have you listened to this podcast it has a it has a great um, idea for a thing an idea we can steal
1: (laughs) (laughs) honestly someone might someone's probably gonna write it faster than I could (laughs)
0: Uh, so there's the scientist guy he turns himself into a pickle there you go
1: <laughs> Yeah, hey, you're right hmm i feel like i've heard that before <laughs> um a- anyway pickle rick
0: <laughs> well thank you for explaining the joke now now this podcast is ruined interview over yep. it's done
1: <laughs> thanks i'll be here all day <laughs>
0: um I wanted to ask, like, does it feel weird hearing your voice and stuff?
1: A little, but it's cool. Like, I'm getting, I'm getting used to it. <laughs> I'm getting used to 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 do it, to to hearing my voice. It's it's weird when I hear a character that I uh that's like new for me. So like, hearing me, hearing back my performance as Six Eyes was like, whoa, that's weird. I I was like, I did do it. <laughs> Look at that. I, I can make that. I can make that character happen. But, but I think that's why I like
0: Six Eyes so much is because it sounds nothing like any of your previous characters. And, yeah. And I'm a sucker for every time I hear someone play against type and doing a yeah. voice that's that you wouldn't expect them to do, and I'm like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> I will be that guy who who comes up and says, "Hey, you remember doing this character from like." Years oh ago, heck yeah! Man, like I, I, you're the only one who remembers doing. I remembers
1: oh doing. no, I love that. I love it. Oh man, so I went to uh, I went to my very first convention as a guest last month. I went to uh, uh, Otacon in DC, and I got to meet so many wonderful fans, and it was really really cool. And there was one fan who literally came up, and he had printed out a picture of a character that I did for the game Epic Seven, and asked me to sign that, and I was like. <gasps> Yeah, I can't believe you ha- you went through all the trouble. Yo, that's so sweet. I was like, "Yes, I will sign this." Cuz
0: <laughs> <laughs> cuz everyone usually like when when whenever you do signings, they usually come up with like your most popular characters, but I yeah. just like to mix it up. I'm just like, I want to I want to bring something that no one else was going to bring. Like I, for God's sakes, I I think I'm the only person on the planet who has like a copy of PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale, the, the one that they did, <laughs> signed by Nolan North. So there you go. I think I'm the That's only That's so
1: cool. <laughs> I was the only person. No, I, on I, I, appreciate, I appreciate fans who come up with deep cuts.
0: <laughs> I was the only person who like, because I, I found that copy lying around. I'm like, oh, I, I still have this. And I went to his table and he's like, I, I remember doing this vaguely.
1: <laughs> <I remember> doing <laughs> this. <laughs> How funny.
0: Yeah, I know. He, he's a great guy. Um, anyway, I think we've rambled on long enough and I kind of don't <laughs> want to keep you more than I should. No worries.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so This has uh, been a pleasure.
0: Yeah, no, this has been a lot of fun. Anyway, uh, before we get going, where can people bother you online?
1: <laughs> yeah, if you want to bother me online, uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, I have a TikTok, and uh, you can follow my Twitch channel. I'm uh, Anne J. Yatko, A-N-N-E-J-Y-A-T-C-O. I made it easy because I was lazy, and now it has worked out in my favor.
0: <laughs> well, you don't want to misspell your name, and then people will be like, who again? <laughs> yeah, who's that? <laughs> I'm pretty sure your name got misspelled, like, a lot of times, and people...
1: It has. It's Okay. <laughs> i I can live with it
0: yacht like yacht
1: <laughs> yeah yacht like yacht
0: <laughs> um and uh thanks so much for taking the time out to do this this has been a lot of fun and if you ever want to yeah. come back you know where to find me
1: <laughs> heck yeah thanks so much for having me i enjoyed our time
0: all right take care bye-bye
1: you too bye